Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? This is the opening line where we bring you the best values and strongest opinions in the business, all brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Are you ready? Because it's time to get going. What's up, what's up everybody? This is the opening line with your hosts Wits and Roz. Um, I was going to try to open up with some jokes today or some light speak, but... Yesterday, we got the sad news about Tyler Skaggs, a pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. He unfortunately passed away in Texas. They're on their road trip down there. They postponed their game yesterday. Wits, this guy was on my fantasy team last year with me and Spencer before we were kicked out of the league. Um, Always tragic, and it's really sad because it's actually the 10-year mark from the last time the Angels lost a pitcher. So... Kind of opening remarks, kind of a sad way to start talking about Major League Baseball today. Yeah, I mean, you know, we are a, are a sports show, so we like to bring you the sports news, and this is, wow, this is really unfortunate. The guy that was really beloved by you know, not only people in the Angels clubhouse, but all around the league was, it was a really great guy and was very close with Mike Trout, um, actually came out of the same draft. So this was a, this is a tough pill to swallow. I mean, that press conference... Um, with Brad Ausmus, GM Billy Epler, um, Artie Moreno, um, even Mike Trout and Albert Pujols. Uh, this, was, this was very tough, and you know I'm sure we'll find out more information as time comes along. But now I think it's, uh, it's a time to you know reflect if you, if you knew the guy, um, reflect on what he meant to you, and then obviously our thoughts and prayers are you know, with Tyler, his family, with all his teammates, uh, everybody who he ever made an impact on. So... Like you said, Roz, not not a good way to start off the show this week, but I think we definitely owe it to Tyler as a sports show, you know, to give him a shout out because he did. He, he was a great young man, did a lot for the game of baseball, and he will be missed. Um, so hopefully we can kind of live on with his memory because um, he was a very special player. Yeah, and like you said, anytime this is just really sad, and you do want to give your best well wishes to the family, to his wife. Um, 27 years young, really sad. Um, but on a lighter note, 
we'll keep this in the United States realm. We'll talk a little bit about the women's soccer team who got past arguably their toughest opponent in France, just came away with a win earlier today, 2-1 to one over England. It was 1-1 after the 19th minute, but then our girl, Wits, Alex Morgan, came in in the clutch with a 31-minute goal to put them up 2-1, which held all the way through. Only other match facts was Millie Bright at the 86th minute, picked up a red card for England. Won't matter as this is the elimination. United States becomes the first team to go to three straight finals, which Tori Christ, I gotta, I gotta put it, or give it to her. I think she's the good luck charm, and I think the sporting, not the sporting, the opening line is really uh, should be given a lot of the credit for the United States success. Am I wrong or am I wrong? You're, you're wrong. You're absolutely right. And Alyssa Nair saving that penalty kick in the 84th minute. I mean, it looked like Tori out there. It looked like she'd been taking lessons or something. So this is extremely exciting. This was a, a very hard fought match. So I'm really glad to see the U.S. women's national team in a 2-1 win and make it all the way back to the World Cup finals. Um, this was an awesome game, so I'm glad to see it. I know Tori kind of broke down a lot of the tournament, some teams to watch beforehand, and obviously we were sticking with the U.S., and they haven't disappointed. They're going to get a matchup in the finals here, so we will we'll keep you updated when things are rocking here in the United States. Yeah, and I do want to give credit because we didn't talk about this last week when they beat France 2-1. to one. A little nerve-wracking. They were up 2 nothing early, gave up an 81-minute goal to France. I mean, we talked about it when we had Tori on the show. These two teams had the greatest odds of winning the championship this year. I think in some retrospect that was the championship game, but you got to play a game. We said soccer is kind of... Most unpredictable, especially when the ball's moving on the pitch. And Megan Rapino, the hero of that game, two goals against France. Very excited. I think this is going to be another W for the U.S. women's team. Again, a team I root for way harder than I do our men's team. I think the talent level and the players that we have are so fun to watch on this uh, women's team. And uh, I'm excited to see who they play in the championship. And uh, we'll be rooting all the way. Maybe I'll get a little face paint going for the uh, for the finals. Yeah, and right around July 4th. So feeling feeling very patriotic, very happy. And Roz, I'm also very happy to say that the NBA, I think it's back. It was it, gone. It is long back. Time. Parody. It is back. I think I think the word parody, which has been missing from the NBA for so long, is definitely back. And to be fair, we have pretty much all the news except for Kawhi Leonard. And dear God, are me and you hoping he doesn't go to the Lakers? I think. It's interesting, no matter where he goes, I think it would be fun if he goes to the Clippers. I mean, the West, we were doing this on the phone the other day, how many teams in the West have an actual chance of winning the NBA championship now? Or if he stays in Toronto, I mean, that's going to be some classic clashes between the 76ers, the Celtics, the now Brooklyn Nets. There's a lot going on, so we got a lot to break down, Wits. I'm going to keep it in some kind of an order. Me and you are just going to have this conversation, how we're feeling about each signing and everything that's going on in the NBA. But There's a lot to cover. There's a lot to break down. And let's start off with the Brooklyn Nets and the state of New York, just as a whole, because we have a lot to say about this. If this turns into the rip session of Jim Dolan or James Dolan, whatever his name is, I don't think he's worthy of having his first name said on this show. Um, for how bad he has torn down the Knicks. There is something to be said, though, about the Nets and how they p- were able to pull off signing both Kyrie Irving 
and Kevin Durant. I know you're not a big DeAndre Jordan fan, but he will also be acquired and will be a part of this team moving forward. There's a new team in New York. Am I wrong or am I wrong again? <laughs> I don't know why you keep saying you're wrong. I think you're you're absolutely right. Uh, the Knicks, I mean, if we're looking at the bright side here, they are turning into power forward heaven, signing Julius Randle, Taj Gibson, and Bobby Portis. I mean, there's Bulls picks we alluded to last week. Right, and then R.J. Barrett, too. So, I mean, this could be the first ever uh, all-power forward starting lineup in the NBA. What a powerful but, lineup. Just, just Russ, based on that this one. Was, this was just a disastrous offseason by the Knicks. And this Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets team, they were a playoff team last year. I mean, I think a lot of people forget, including myself. But you add three all-stars and probably, I'd say, a top three player in the NBA, who I know is probably not going to play this next year, but they lock them up to a max deal. This is going to be an exciting year in Brooklyn. I agree. Uh, I think what's funny for me is the headline that I can't determine is bigger or not is did New York literally just go into the tanker? I'm talking about the Knicks. Or is it more impressive what the Nets were able to accomplish? I mean, you have to look where the money is going now for the Knicks. I mean, going into Julius Randle. Reggie Bullock is a guy you forgot to mention. He will also be paid. Uh, This is, again, a team that has to be hoping by some regards that R.J. Barrett is going to be the next Michael Jordan. Honestly, because he's the only valuable piece I think they added this offseason. And me and you talk about it, you can't really get a grip and determine what's going to happen from the draft. And he hasn't even played a single minute of regular season basketball for the Knicks yet. Whereas the Nets are now, like you said, we're already a playoff team, so they made their team better and substantially better adding these all-stars. But I don't think it's bigger news than how poor and how big of a dumpster fire the New York Knicks have been this offseason. And they have absolutely polluted the the sports media. Yeah, and we were going through a list of teams yesterday of now it's not what teams have a chance to win the title. It's, you know, let's just throw out the teams that don't have a chance because we were going through some of these teams and with the, the separation of all this talent in the league now, I mean, the Knicks were one of those teams that has absolutely zero shot. And that's sad to say in a league where we probably named off, I think, 15 legitimate teams that might be able to make a title run. I mean, obviously, you've got your teams at the top. You know, looking at, I think, the Lakers are the odds-on favor right now. Um, you know, the Bucks, the Nets, 76ers. But there are teams all the way down. We, we talked about the Pacers, maybe the Mavericks being able to make a run. But, you know, the Knicks, throw them down there with the Bulls, the Cavs, the Hornets. I mean... Very few teams missed as badly as the Knicks did this offseason, and it's it's just sad. It but is this an was set up for a long time this offseason. I mean, the Knicks have been planning for the KD-Kyrie thing for as long as I can remember, even starting with the Kristaps Porzingis trade, clearing up space, getting rid of Kristaps Porzingis, a guy who clearly didn't want to be there, and promising the fans basically, hey, we're going to be able to bring KD and Kyrie in because we have the money Yet on the biggest day of free agency, not only did they not offer Kevin Durant a max deal, they were refusing to. They went out and signed Julius Randle, of all people, and made that their top news and top priority, which to me is ludicrous. I cannot believe that's what we've come to in New York. But let's get off them a little bit. We don't need to harp on how bad Chicago looks, how bad the Knicks look, the Cavs, the Hornets. Quickly back to the Nets. 
I think it's interesting. So you replace, you send D'Angelo Russell to the Warriors, which we'll get to in a little bit. But you have Kyrie now. Spencer Didwitty, the reserve guard, I think is a very suitable second option there. Kevin Durant's going to miss most likely all of next season, which is it to be expected. It's the worst injury in basketball tearing your Achilles. They still have pieces, and they have DeAndre Jordan down low, a guy you don't really like. I think he's going to get a lot of boards, be a defensive presence. This team is coming to get coming together. Oof, spewing words. I'm still messing that up. Still a little bit sick wits. But this team, to me, it's, can be a top-four team now, even without Kevin Durant. Is yeah. what I think the point I was trying to make. Uh, top-four in the whole league or just no, in, in the, the East? No, in the East. Eastern. Come on. In the, the West. And the West alone has, like, the top eight teams now. Yeah, I mean, top four. They could definitely be top four in the East. I mean, they were the sixth seed this past year. Won 42 games. I mean, that's pretty good for a Nets team that I, I think a lot of people, we were we were putting them in the bottom five in the East for sure. But like you said, Roz, I mean, guys like Alan Crabb, Dinwiddie, um, Jared Allen at center, I mean, they, they have a lot of pieces now. And I know that they got rid of D'Angelo Russell, uh, Damari Carroll, but they did have some major upgrades. So I think the Nets are going to be pretty exciting this year. And and Kevin Durant maybe make a playoff run at the end of next year. I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's definitely going to be one to not rush back this time. But this is going to be exciting. This makes the East a lot better. And, yeah, I mean, New York, see you later. Knicks, they're right. done. Let's stay on the East Coast, though. We got the 76ers who had a lot of shaking up to do. Jimmy Butler will not be a 76er anymore. It was part of a massive trade, like three different teams in there. Josh Richardson will be taking his spot with the 76ers. They also traded some draft picks away. Jimmy Butler joins a Miami Heat team that we actually didn't consider in terms of being a championship contender. They have Bam Adebayo, Justice Winslow, a lot of young talent there. But again, a team that just seems with all the stuff going on in this year's free agency didn't really hit. They got rid of some key players, trading Hassan Whiteside to the Trailblazers, who we'll also get back into in a little bit. But is Jimmy Butler, is he the, an MVP tier? I think it is MVP tier, All-Star Plus, and then All-Star. I heard actually Max Kellerman say this today on uh, First Take. And I really think that he falls into the maybe the All-Star Plus, but he's not an MVP MVP tier player, and you need one of those, especially if you have nobody else on your team to push you through the playoffs. Right. Jimmy Butler is not a guy who's going to single-handedly lead a team to an NBA championship. And, you know, I really used to love Jimmy Butler. But looking at his trajectory, I mean, you got to wonder about a guy who's on a new team almost every other year. I mean, first it was the Bulls. Then it was the Timberwolves. That didn't work. Then it was the 76ers. And you'd think if he was such a big piece, such a big acquisition for that team, that they'd want to keep him around. But that isn't the case. They got rid of him. Now he's going on to Miami. And, you know, to a team that, like you mentioned, probably isn't good enough to win a title or maybe even make noise in the playoffs. So Jimmy Let Butler, alone make the playoffs. I, I don't well, even know if they're going to be in that position. Right. I mean, they were the 10 seed last year, three games out of a playoff spot behind Charlotte and Detroit and Orlando. So Jimmy Butler, for me, I mean, you got to wonder about a guy who's always changing teams. You know, a guy who's supposedly in the prime of his career. I, it makes me ask a lot of questions, Russ. I'm with you. I mean, he's like a traveling roadshow at this point. I mean, he has been on the move constantly over the last three years. 
So I'm not sure what's going to happen ultimately in Miami. This could just be the Dwayne Wade replacement. He'll go down there, be kind of like a Dwayne Wade without LeBron, and put up his stats, put up his numbers, maybe flirt with some wins here and there, potentially pushing this team into the postseason, which by all regards would be impressive on the Jimmy Butler front. I mean, he took the Timberwolves to the postseason for the first time without Kevin Durant, Kevin Garnett. Wow, I just combined Kevin Durant with Kevin Garnett. Very nice. Um, He also took the 76ers pretty far, and besides a Kawhi Leonard four-bounce buzzer beater, that 76ers team could have kept moving along in the postseason. So Jimmy Butler definitely is good enough to help teams. I just don't know if he's going to have enough here in Miami, especially now going to be there for four years. Um, But let's move away from them. Let's go into another trade. D'Angelo I, Russell leaving the Nets. Are we not, not going to give any love to the 76ers? I mean, Roz, you just skip over. I, I think they might have had one of the biggest signings of free agency so far in Al Horford. Wow, yeah. You're you talking about, love. like, my grandpa's sounds like he can make that money in the NBA now. $97 million guaranteed, $12 million signing bonus for Al Horford. I mean, well, I don't know where the 76ers have this money, but they're also not paying Ben Simmons yet, and they just also signed Tobias Harris to a massive contract. Riddle me this, Wits. Where's Ben Simmons going to go? Because it doesn't sound like they're going to have the money to keep him when his contract finally expires. I think they're definitely going to find a way to keep him. I mean, there's no way that the 70s, you don't get rid of a guy like Ben Simmons because he's a guy who they drafted number one overall who has been a pretty damn good player so far. I think they're definitely going to come to an eventual agreement. I know that they offered him the five-year 170 max extension. So both sides are working through it, but... They're going to get a deal done, but Raz, let me tell you what I like about this Al Horford signing. So the Sixers' biggest issue during the postseason, I think the issue that might have stopped them from making the NBA Finals was that they just absolutely could not play defense when Joel Embiid was off the floor. And I think with Al Horford, they get a really ideal fit. I know he's not young anymore, but a stretch 4-5, he can play with Embiid in the front court. I think this is going to be a dominant defensive team. And on a day where they lost two starters in Jimmy Butler and J.J. Redick, I think the Sixers actually improved their title chances a little bit. You know, re-signing Tobias Harris, I think he's a better fit with this team than Jimmy Butler was. Um, So I really like this Al Horford signing because I think pairing him up with Embiid is going to be a very dynamic duo there in the front court. And I think the 76ers, they're going to be, I think, my dark horse team going into next year. Don't get me wrong. I think all these moves are great. I think the 76ers are still in contention, but I'm sniffing a little bit of a poke and pray here because that's a lot of money, and that money is going to have to disperse. I understand they're working on an extension for Ben Simmons, but there's also Embiid. You have Harris, Orford, who, unless he retires before the end of this contract, that's just dead money at a certain point. This seems like a quick poke and pray that could end in disaster in a lot of trade twits, and we've seen that a lot in the NBA. I can see, I can smell the Embiid trade that will be happening come next year's All-Star Game. Not this one coming up, but the following year, 2021. Just watch. Just watch this poke and pray come to a hard whiff. So 76ers can be your team. I think Boston did it better since we're staying on the East Coast. Kemba Walker. I think is a fine replacement for Kyrie Irving. I have my qualms with Kyrie Irving. I think Kemba's going to be a better fit for these young guys, as well as with the veterans they already have on this team in Boston. So I'm a big fan of this four-year deal, $141 million deal they gave Kemba, and I think it definitely keeps the Celtics relevant still. Yeah, I think, you know, talk about Al Horford. Kemba Walker is a guy right there on the list who's a guy who's going to make the biggest difference for his team this season. Um 
you know, is Kemba Walker a more talented player than Kyrie Irving? I would say probably not, but you know, I think there's a there's a lot more to be said about the difference that a guy can make in an organization and inside a locker room. And it seemed like Kyrie Irving just wasn't that guy for the Celtics. I mean, say what you want about him. I know he was very instrumental in the Cavs winning that championship with LeBron a few years back. But, you know, I think with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, I think probably emerging at least one of them as a legit superstar, I think Kemba Walker is going to play very, going to pay very big dividends for this team. And the Celtics, I think with a coach like Brad Stevens, you know, They've been in the mix for the past few years now. So I think Kemba Walker might be able to vault them into the next level because we still don't know where Kawhi's going to sign. And the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, I don't know how much better they've gotten this offseason. I know they re-signed Chris Middleton for just gobs of money. But, I mean, looking at top teams in the East right now, if you told me that Boston was the top seed, I don't know. You can make an argument. I'd probably say Toronto right now because I think that's where Kawhi's going. But I like the Celtics, and I like what they did picking up Kemba Walker. Yeah, I think we've talked enough about the East. I think it's time for us to move west in a conference that I think is going to be beyond dominant this year. Still waiting on the Kawhi stuff, obviously. But like I was trying to allude to, D'Angelo Russell traded back to the west, back to the state of California. He'll be playing for the Golden State Warriors. Got a massive deal with over $100 million in in guaranteed money, so that's huge. He'll be playing with the Golden State Warriors alongside a healthy Steph Curry while they wait for the return of the $190 million man, Clay Thompson, who re-extended his contract with the Warriors. Again, that team, still the 73-win team, still the one-time NBA championship team, and you add D'Angelo Russell, they're definitely in the mix, and I think uh, that sexy pick we had last week of Curry at plus 410 for MVP is looking even better now that they brought in a combo guard to help him out. Yeah, and you look at you know teams, you need a superstar to win an NBA title, and Steph Curry has proven that you know he's an MVP, he has won multiple titles. So people who are counting the Warriors out just because they lost KD and Clay don't, will not have Klay Thompson for the majority of the year, you know, D'Angelo Russell has turned himself into a pretty damn good player over the past couple of years. So I think this could be a very exciting Warriors team once again, you know, and at plus a thousand right now, if I'm going to shell out some dollars for a 2020 NBA championship, Golden State Warriors, I am ax- I am absolutely looking to put a couple dollars on them because D'Angelo Russell, I think, is an all-star guard. Pairing him up with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, who I think really had a fantastic year. This Warriors team is going to be very good, and I think a lot of people are counting him out just because of what they have lost. But don't sleep on Steph Curry because he is a type of guy that can win an NBA championship for you. He's proven it, and now we're going to see with another guy who comes there as a big shooter and a big playmaker in Russell, this team is going to be sniffing another championship this year. I completely agree with you. Um, the only other team that me and you were really harping on was the – Portland Trailblazers with the acquisition of Hassan Whiteside, who I've, I've heard things about in terms of his work ethic, his injury proneness, but I think that's a huge addition. Again, we were raving about Nazir Little. That's a sexy starting five, and with the combo guards they have and C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard, I think it's time to make the next step. I think Dame for MVP is another great call, and I hope that this is the year we get Portland an NBA title. I think it would be such a great story. Dame just re-upped his contract as well. He will be staying with Portland for another five seasons at least. So I'm excited for this team. I think they're the most dynamic team 
Again, they have some other low post presence there um, that'll help them out. They might be the most complete team coming into the 2019-2020 season. I don't know about you, but they are definitely my favorite moving forward. Definitely to at least come out of the come out of the West, and they they have some favorable odds if you're looking to throw money 30 to one. That's pretty sexy. You're throwing a couple. I'm throwing a lot of money on this team come the opening of the NBA regular season. Yeah, you know, I first of all, I love, you know, the combo of McCollum and Damian Lillard. I mean, Damian Lillard really stepped out, I think, onto the national stage this year in the playoffs. I mean, I think we, people always thought he was a great player, but never really done much in the playoffs. Um, and now with the addition of Whiteside, a couple of great draft picks. I mean, Portland... Looking at the top of the West, I mean, we got Golden State, we got the Nuggets, Trailblazers, Rockets, Jazz. You know, this team, I think, could be a number one seed in the West. And looking at plus 2,500 right now, I mean, I'm almost as excited about those odds as I am about the Warriors. Because I think Damian Lillard, I think he's going to prove, I think he will win an NBA title before it's all said and done. And I think it's going to be in this three- or four-year window here, you know, in the deal that he just signed with the Trailblazers. So I really like the moves Portland has been making. I think they're they're getting even better for a 53-win team, um, and especially if they get Jusuf Nurkic back, who was you know injured in the playoffs last year. This is going to be a very exciting team if Hassan Whiteside can stay healthy the entire year. They're going to be scary up and down the floor, especially if he can play like he did 2017-2018, where he led the league in blocks and rebounds in each of the respective years. That's why they're fun, man. It'd be really cool to see them. I mean, like we said, the Rockets are still the Rockets. They didn't add a whole lot, didn't lose a whole lot. The Jazz, they acquired Mike Connolly. I think that'll be an interesting piece there. Uh, he'll be able to take the ball up, and Donovan Mitchell. Hit the at comp- I love the way we're going with the NBA. It's kind of like the NFL where we see these trends. I love double guards, combo guard situations. The Jazz have another one of those now with Mike Connolly. The West is stacked, man. It looks really good, and I know the Lakers are sitting there three to two to win it all. Obviously, dependent on what happens with Kawhi, they still to me are going to be the favorite, regardless of Kawhi comes or not. Having AD and LeBron, you have the two best at their positions on the court, maybe two of the top three players in the league. Obviously, it's tough when you have guys like Harden, Kawhi, and Giannis to argue with, but LeBron's still LeBron. His stats haven't faded. He is the true GOAT, in my opinion, and I, I really like where the Lakers are at. It'd get very scary if Kawhi decided to come. Any other big free agents that we, we left off that you're feeling and need to bring up? I know that you're shocked in some of the money that was spent this past weekend. <laughs> I was just the most shocked at the Chris Middleton deal. I know he was the second best best player on the Bucks, but for me, for so long, I just thought of Chris Middleton as just like a decent NBA player, and then he gets shelled out with like a hundred and seventy million, and I just couldn't believe it. I was like, what a day to be an NBA player with three billion dollars being thrown around in the league. Uh, I also got to give a little love, not a huge signing, but I do like Willie Cauley Stein to the Warriors as well. Um, spending his first four years with the Sacramento Kings, I think he could be a pretty instrumental piece in you know another Warriors title run because they did they did get rid of Iguodala, who I think there's no doubt that he was a very huge piece the past four or five years with that team. What a Finals uh, winning MVP! A final. Yeah, I mean, so you're going to need guys like that, some great role players on teams that are really good because obviously Steph Curry can't do it all. So I like the Willie Cauley. Stein signing, but it's been say say that ten times fast. <laughs> I think once is enough. 
But I mean, Raz, we're looking at excitement in, in in professional sports. I think for me, it got like Major League Baseball postseason, NFL postseason, then NBA free agency. I mean, it it is right up there with I think the best season of them all because it's so exciting. And now with the fact that the league is finally getting a lot more spread out of all their talent, but this could all be thrown away if Kawhi goes to the Lakers. Right. Everything we discussed, we would just scrap this episode. Literally, we just would have to scrap this entire thing, do a whole Lakers podcast about how they're the best team, there's no one that's going to beat them, and we'll go back to shitting on the NBA like we do best. But for the first time ever, we might tune into the regular season. I'm I'm very intrigued. I mean, with this parody, which we keep alluding to, I think it's going to be a fun, fun season in the NBA. And like you said, just the allure of NBA free agency. It is like its own season or postseason. You just get so excited waiting to see what Woj is going to say on ESPN, telling us where all these players are going to go. For the first time ever, it's not a whole lot of making super teams. This is like the first free agency in a while where we haven't had the speculation of super teams. And that's been fun, and I think that's going to make for better competition in the NBA. I'm also just hoping this new cream of the crop that comes in is going to be is going to be something for the future of the NBA. It's going to be able to spread out talent even more amongst the bottom teams in the NBA so that we don't have 14 teams that just are not even competitive. So it's fun, man. It's uh, it's definitely been an exciting weekend getting all the news. I know you had a long weekend scaling buildings. I mean, when I asked you that Spider-Man question last week, I didn't expect you to turn into Spider-Man. Um <laughs> But any, any other big sports stories that you've got going? Obviously, we had to push back our interview with Sean Merriman another week. It is 4th of July week and fight week. So he, he'll be covering on Fox Sports the John Jones fight, which we're excited about. I'm sure you've got your picks in already for that. But anything else before we do a little UFC closeout? Uh, no, I was just going to say, you know, enjoy the UFC fight. Enjoy 4th of July and... It's going to be an exciting NBA season. Yeah, you got to give us a little bit on that UFC fight, though. I mean, the last time we saw John Jones, he absolutely worked his opponent. Um, this is a guy to me that is unbeatable as this Warriors team when it had KD. Am I wrong? Or am I wrong? I like that. I know, I know I'm uh, not wrong uh, every time. Yeah, I think you're wrong. I think this is gonna he's going to make quick work of Thiago Santos. Um, solid fighter, but I don't think anybody really matches up with John Jones. I mean, Ever. I think he's the best MMA fighter of all time. So um, that's that's my two cents. I'm sticking to it. John Jones. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tiago Santos, the fight card's looking nice. I'm just looking up odds here. I mean, it's ridiculous. He is minus 700, the clear favorite. I mean, I, I don't know any other value on this card. I mean, Amanda Nunez, who is the other championship, um, the women's Bantam White title fight, is minus 350, and uh, we'll have to see there. I'm probably going to put my money on Holly Holmes. Seems like a fun experiment at plus 275. But that's all the time we have this week, everybody. Short episode for you guys. We've got a lot going on with the 4th of July. Wits, thank you so much for coming on. As always, we'll be back next week. We're going to try to get you a more extensive episode. we got a lot of stuff coming up, and I'm super excited about where the Believe Network is taking us. Have a great and awesome 4th of July, everyone. Stay safe. Don't blow off your fingers like JPP.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.